Alright, creatures of the night, welcome to episode 153 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging of the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is the best in the world at what he does, Mr. Travis White. Uh, what do you do? What is your What is your job? <laughs> I, I'm a receiver. Oh, a receiver. I receive. Okay. Yeah. I receive things. I know where you work. I just didn't know what to call your, uh, your job title. Yeah, work in shit. I work in receiving. I'm a receiver. That's so. right. You are the best but, in the uh, world at it. I'm the best receiver that there is. <laughs> the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. Well, hearing from my coworkers, I've been out for almost two weeks with, uh, you know, July 4th holiday, and then I went on vacation, and uh, they have all missed me. So well, they that just confirms it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so. good news for them, but uh, I've got some good news and some bad news for us tonight, Travis. The Uh-oh. good news is that for the first time ever in the history of our show in 153 episodes, we're going to be talking about The Undertaker on pay-per-view against one of our other favorite wrestlers, a, a man who we said uh, if we were to ever do a sequel to the show, he would be a great candidate for it, Chris Jericho. But the bad news is it's not a singles match. It's a triple threat yeah. match against our <laughs> one of our one of the villains of this show, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> the man who, who will not stay away, The Big Show. <laughs> I don't dislike Big Show at all. I just dislike how much we have to talk about it when it comes to the, the Undertaker. Oh, it's been a decade of talking about it. <laughs> yes. Think of all. Chris Jericho and Big Show have been in the company for the exact same amount of time. Yeah. And we've talked about the Big Show like half a dozen matches. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus all their TV matches. Now, Jericho and Undertaker haven't even had a TV match until right. <laughs> this tonight where we're going to be talking about this. Just... <laughs> Oh, man. The universe uh, hates us, apparently. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. But uh, we were, of course, talking about Survivor Series 2009, a very unique, one-of-a-kind triple threat match between the World Heavyweight Champion, The Undertaker, and the undisputed unified tag team champions of Jericho. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one lives up. Yeah. Uh, And uh, this is going to be... I will just warn you listeners, trigger warning, spoiler alert, whatever you want to call it. This episode is rough, man. It is, <laughs> we, we, we're going back to Raw and SmackDown because Jericho uh. are co-branded and uh, the, the brand extension, basically, what is even the point anymore, uh, as you'll see on this episode. Uh, we're digging into the guest host era of Raw, mm. really, for the first time ever, and mm. I... I I basically said this when I sent you my notes, Travis, but this was the hardest set of research and shows for me to sit through probably since, like, Ministry of Darkness times. Like, some of the Mm. worst Russo, just uh, nonsensical crash TV stuff. I mean, this was... We're going to get into it. It's ugly. Yeah, it's bad. 
uh, it's bad stuff. And like we talked before we start recording that this made me not nostalgic for this time. It made me angry, <laughs> like watching some of this stuff just because of how awful it was. And I will tell you, I'm telling you, man, before coronavirus, the last couple of years, people have been complaining about Raw and SmackDown and Stale or whatever or before AEW came around. But I'm telling you, go back to some of this stuff right here. And it is I mean, it is garbage can apple core rotten. It is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Well, let's tell the people what it's all about. Let's take our time traveling hers back to Raw. Um, like you said, we're going to be back to how we used to back in the old days. We're going to cross over Raw yeah. and SmackDown a bunch of times here on this episode uh, because all three of these guys are going to be involved all over the place. Uh, so we're going to pick up after bragging rights 2009 after The Undertaker successfully defended in another really unique fatal four-way yeah. match over Batista, Jericho, and Rey Mysterio. And now he's going to move on to two more opponents. And these guys uh, played a very important role in the official bragging rights big 14-man tag team match. And that's what's going to lead to this uh, triple threat. So why don't you tell us all about that, my man? Yeah, Raw, um, October 2609, right after bragging rights. Jared's show actually opened up the show that night, and they have got some really bad music, man. Like A lot of the times these mashup songs are pretty good. This one's awful, but Jericho's music is always great to me. But this mashup with Big Shows is just poor. It's awful. It's the worst one they've ever done. <laughs> I don't know who they got to record. Like, whoever is responsible for this should. Take their name off of it. I hope. I hope they're not <laughs> getting any it's royalties like or credit in, for it. Two different keys. Like you can't yes. put these two songs together. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's bad. But they open up the show, and Jericho is it? He's just a great heel right here, just hugging the Bragging Rights trophy, kissing it. You know, making it like a big deal. Reminded me of Christian back in '01 when Edge won the uh, King of the Ring. You know, mm-hmm. Christian just ham and cheesing all over that thing, dude, just loving it. So, anyway, but. Michael Cole, as they come out, Michael Cole calls Big Show Judas for turning his back on Raw and helping SmackDown win the trophy last night, which I just thought, is Big Show the original Judas effect? This was at Spire Jericho (laughs) a decade before, man. Yeah. Well, because Big Show is on Raw, but he helped uh, SmackDown win last night, and we'll see why. So Jericho's rocking his SmackDown shirt, and Big Show says, despite what happened, I'm still a proud member of the Raw roster. Jericho kind of cuts him off and it's like, you don't have to explain what, why you did what you did. You know, you're a man of loyalty and honor and you're loyal to me and our team. And uh, Big Show's like, well, I got to tell you something, you know, and Jericho kind of stops him. He keeps cutting show off as he tries to keep talking, basically. And it's like, ah, oh, no, why you did it for me, yada, yada. But they go back and forth and Jericho, um, like I said, it's like, well, you know, we would have won anyway because I was the team captain. And Big Show finally cuts him off and it's like, look, I did it for myself and for my career. I struck a deal with Teddy Long um, before the match, and because I helped SmackDown win the bragging rights, I'm now the number one contender for the Undertaker's World Heavyweight title. So why did Teddy Long have no confidence in anybody on his own roster? I don't know. <laughs> Come on, Teddy. <laughs> yeah. What, what the heck? So, um, well, I just have to say, a little behind the scenes here of the show, so I didn't 
realize that any of this buildup was on Raw during <laughs> yeah. this time. Uh, so I started off doing my research for this episode. I just watched the SmackDown episode that comes after this. And they don't really mention that whole Big Show double agent thing deal with Teddy Long <laughs> on that episode of SmackDown that we're going to get to next. They just talk about Big Show as the number one contender. And yeah. I watched that whole episode just, and you see it in my notes because I just yeah. see kind of stream of consciousness notes. Like, what? why is the tag, one half of the tag team champions on the uh, who's technically on the other brand why is yeah. he getting a title shot with the undertaker and so i had to go back and watch this afterward and it finally clicked but I, yeah. yeah i was very confused watching the next episode of smackdown oh yeah that would have made no sense so well it well, still sense. doesn't <laughs> yeah yeah well i would have loved to have been oh big show helps smackdown win so that jericho gets a title shot let's have a singles match at the mm. survivor series but it is what it is but Anyway, Jericho's like, you know, you should have approved that with me, you know, with going to Teddy Long. And then we're interrupted by some NASCAR peeling out in the parking lot. We get these two <laughs> drivers just <laughs> spinning their tires, scrolling, swirling around like they're John Cena back at uh, what WrestleMania was that? Detroit, two thousand seven, maybe. Yeah, twenty three. Twenty three. Man, I yeah. thought it was Sparky Plug out there exactly. about to make his comeback. <laughs> I got an idea. How about you give me a title <laughs> shot? <laughs> oh God, that'd have been insane. No, but we are going to get some other rednecks. We got uh, NASCAR's Joey Logano and Kyle Busch, which I wrote in my notes. From where I live now uh, in East Tennessee, Kyle Busch is a massive heel in the really? neck of the woods here. <laughs> I couldn't care less about NASCAR. I'm not big into left turns for like 500 laps of left. I don't get it. Uh, to each his own. People don't get wrestling. I understand. It's fine. But where I live... It's Bristol, baby. It's right down the street. Like, oh, Bristol yeah. Motor Speedway is right here. And so, but this guy, Kyle Busch, everyone here hates him. He is the bad guy of NASCAR. <laughs> like, it's so funny. They'll show me videos. Did you see what Kyle Busch did the other day? I'm like, uh, no. I never saw what Kyle <laughs> Busch does. And they'll show me videos of him, like, flicking people off and calling people names. But he just, he's, he really is like a professional wrestler. Like, he, he just brings heel heat on himself and he rebels in it, which is kind of funny. And I think it may have started. On October 26, 2009. <laughs> I had no idea, man. I, yeah. yeah, you and I are not NASCAR fans. We've been to a NASCAR race yes. before in Charlotte, and uh, yep. it, it was fun enough for a one-time yeah. thing. It was not something yeah. I ever wanted to do again. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, this is – I had no idea who these guys were. I, I didn't even know they still raced. I mean, I, I, don't know, I know Jeff Gordon, Gordon and uh, uh, that's about – the extent of my knowledge. Kyle Petty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Earnhardt. Yeah. Yeah. NASCAR died in 2001, February, when mm. Earnhardt died, I mm. guess. But anyway, so yeah, Kyle Busch, who's still a heel in 2020. So they're the guest hosts. They come in, they stand face-to-face with Jer Show, and Kyle Busch basically starts healing here. He's like, you know, the fans don't like what happened, but Big Show, I like you. And he's like, shakes his hand, and Joey Logano's like, you were wrong from what you did last night. And their acting is just complete, utter awfulness. It's, it's so bad. And I wrote in my notes, like, they look like Jerry Seinfeld about to laugh face. Like, he's always about to laugh in Seinfeld. I'm like, that's how I am, too. But uh, these guys are so bad, and it's just so wooden. And I feel so bad for Big Show and Jericho in there with them. But they're trying. 
long story short, uh, Kyle Bush heals on the city of Buffalo and and it's basically the heel here. And he says, Joey Logano says, tonight you're going to get Big Show versus Triple H. And Kyle Bush is like, you know what else we're going to get? A match between Chris Jericho and Kofi Johnson. And you know what? Joey's not the only one around here that can make matches. Really? Yeah. So me, on my way of doing burnouts and driving my race car on in here, my raw race car on in here, I thought about it. And I'm going to put you, Chris Jericho, against Kofi Johnson Kingston. Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. What? <laughs> Is that Ahmed's yeah, cousin? Yeah, exactly. It's he. So. I watched an old clip on YouTube, and he actually says Kofi Johnson on the network. They edit it, and it says Kofi Kingston, but then the camera cuts oh away, my. so you can't see his mouth. So yeah, they went through that precise to, of a you know, uh, I guess effort to fix it. But yeah, he calls him Kofi Johnson, and that's going to be a running theme here as we go through these guest hosts yes. botching WWE. So um, long story short, Kofi's going to beat Jericho, the Trouble in Paradise. I think he was the last guy on the. Uh, on the Bragg and Rights team that Jericho beat, if I'm not mistaken. I think Big hmm. Show punched him off okay. the top, and then Jericho pinned him, and that's how he won. So that's why that storyline plays here. Anyway, but Kofi beats him with the Trouble in Paradise clean, just in the middle of the ring. That's a huge win for him. This yeah. is his in the middle of his push with Orton that, in my opinion, gets derailed as quickly as it gets started, and he won't see another push like that for, what, five years between the New Day and then another five years for his Kofi Mania last year so. Anyway. Long time coming. Yeah, long time. But anyway, the main event is Triple H versus Big Show. Triple H is like, oh, yeah, this is a Lumberjack match, no DQ now. And all the Lumberjacks are the Raw roster you turned your back on last night. So, you know, it's funny house show stuff, basically. Uh, oh, yeah, Cena is also the guest referee. So, um, and then they have a match, which I don't – you wrote in your notes, like, why do they even have one? It's basically – it's no DQ lumberjack. They should all be in there just pulverizing him like like they're the Nexus or something. You that know? should like, have been the point. They have this yeah. ten minute match. Meanwhile, yeah. they just basically they have no rules. Seen as the referee anyway, yeah. too. Like, yeah. <laughs> why why wouldn't you just destroy Big Show? I know. I don't get it, man. And then so Jericho leaves to the crowd. And everyone beats up Big Show. He eats an attitude adjustment, a sweet chin music, and a pedigree, and loses to Triple H like it's. RVD back in 2003 or something. Mm. So anyway, and then that's not the way the show ends, though, because the show's going to end with the NASCAR homies coming out, and they're going to actually bring out the DX mascot, Hornswoggle, with them, which those of you who don't remember this, God bless you for not remembering this because it's awful. And they've figured a way to settle the differences and and who John Cena is going to face at the Survivor Series. That's going to be a triple threat match between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and John Cena. And this came from Hornswoggle's idea, like apparently. So I don't know. It was dumb, but you wouldn't know because the crowd loves it, and I don't understand. I hated it, but the crowd loves it, so what do I know? Man, I thank God. You know, I, I hate I'm hating on the big show, but thank God we're only tangentially covering this DX Hornswoggle scene. Oh, yeah. Because it is a million times worse than yeah. this whole thing. It's played for comedy. Their whole rivalry is about Hornswoggle, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, we're going to have to talk about some of it because it does, does intersect sure. with this feud. And uh, these two triple threat matches between both the shows uh, are all commingled. But, 
man, as cool as DX was in 1997, 1998, and it's like, they were Even the when they first came guys. back in 06, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when they first were coming back then, this was the polar opposite of that during this time, man, mm-hmm. as they're just wearing every single bit of merchandise they can wear and just chilling their merchandise and doing this stuff with Hornswoggle, of all people. Oh, man, it is... It ruins DX. And you know what it's to me, and this might be... Uh, I don't know, some people might not agree with me. This It's like the difference for me now watching a Will Ferrell movie in, nine, in 2002, three. And then watching anything he comes out with now, like to me, he's just like an adult man child trying to be funny like he used to be. Like that's what this is to me. Like this DX stuff is so bad and corny, and it's like man. But that's obviously what Vince wants because even on the show, they're making fun of how they show everything. It's like yes, what? It's so meta. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We tried to watch that new Will Ferrell movie on Netflix and made about. 15 minutes through it before it I turns rest off. My case. <laughs> I rest my case. I have seen it, but I rest my case. Well, that it's takes like us to... It's between s- watching The Office and watching Space Force or whatever. It's so like it's between watching The Office and then The Office season 7 nine. and 8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. uh, that takes us to SmackDown, October 30th, 2009. And you know what's the Mac Militant? Tell you long. Oh, yeah. He's got to open the show after every pay-per-view, man. Give his state of the show address, basically. No doubt. You recap it for everyone who didn't order the pay per view, uh, <laughs> and uh, which actually, most people, yeah, exactly. We've actually got a new commentary team in the booth for the A show, as uh, they call mm-hmm. it, because as we mentioned last week, Jr. is going to be suffering another illness, so Matt Stryker is going to come in and join Todd Grisham in the booth, and uh, I'll have some things to say about that in the weeks to mm-hmm. come. <laughs> we'll leave it at that for now. Um, Teddy brags because he's got bragging rights because SmackDown won the bragging rights trophy at the bragging rights pay-per-view. Um, he goes on to start talking about Batista's actions from last night. Says Batista's going to explain himself later. And then, uh, again, he says Big Show is the new number one contender and he's going to call him out. And again, as I was watching this originally, I had no clue why or what was happening here. <laughs> that would have thrown you off. For sure. It really did. <laughs> Uh, Chris Jericho interrupts, and he's frustrated about it as well. Um, he's still got the Bragging Rights trophy with him. He's got the SmackDown shirt. He's got the tag team titles with him. Um, so he's looking like a stud. He's looking like a champ. And Teddy says, you know, that prop- that uh, trophy is property SmackDown. And uh, tries to take it from him. And Jericho says, no, that trophy belongs to me because I won the match for me, uh, myself, not these sycophant fans and all that sort of stuff. This is when Jericho would try to throw in as many Vince McMahon Word of the Day calendar words mm-hmm. in his promos as possible, man. I think that's why Vince loved him during this time. Yeah. He was just speaking his language. Exactly. Um, Jericho says, Teddy giving Big Show a title match behind his back without consulting him is one of the most devious decisions he's ever made. And he's the crown jewel of SmackDown. He should be world champion. And then his co-captain of the Bragging Rights team, Kane, uh, the Undertaker's brother, of course. Also, his pyro comes off, and he's uh, feeling overlooked here. He comes down to the ring, reminds Jericho that he was co-captain. The Bragging Rights belong to him as much as anybody, and he deserves a championship match. 
especially if it's going to be against The Undertaker. Right. Jericho argues, well, I'm the one who got the pinfall. And by the way, Kane, your record against The Undertaker is spotty at best. So, <laughs> which is true. He, he knows yeah, his stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> but I guess Jericho. Wait till 2010. Exactly. He will finally get his revenge. <laughs> but Jericho's record is spotty too. He doesn't have one. <laughs> uh, Kane's response is to goozle Jericho. Uh, but Teddy begs him to let go and says he's got something important to say, uh, and that's that the contract is already signed for Undertaker to defend against Big Show at Survivor Series. But if Raw can have a triple threat match for their world title, why can't we have one too? So I'm going to have Kane fight Chris Jericho tonight, and the winner will get inserted into that match. And as you pointed out, Travis, why would Teddy Long and his A-Show want to just copy what raw is doing yeah i just from a storyline standpoint i was just like this that's kind of dumb you should be doing your own thing now you're supposed to be the a show you won everyone knows you're the b show do something to set yourself apart man and uh yeah why would you be like oh they're doing it so we'll we'll do it too like it wasn't even like we'll do it better it was just like oh they're doing it we'll follow them yeah it was like do it triple threat in a cage or something if you want to one-up them don't just do the same exact thing so i don't know i just thought it was lazy booking honestly yeah and I guess, to get two triple threats and then two five-on-five five matches. Mm-hmm. and I mean, you're going to get a ton of people on the card, though. So That's true. A lot of, of people getting paydays. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess they've got to do something to try to set it apart from bragging rights. So they're going to focus yeah. on these triple threat matches more than the traditional Survivor Series matches right. here. Um, and then just to tie up sort of a loose end from uh, the past few episodes, we're going to get sort of a conclusion to this whole CM Punk, Vince McMahon, Teddy Long, Scott Armstrong scenario here. Uh, Vince and Teddy are talking backstage, and Vince says he might be about ready to take Teddy off of probation. Uh, CM Punk comes in and says, uh, why is this Raw superstar, the big show, getting a world title shot tonight? Why are Jericho and Kane fighting to go in the match instead of me? I got screwed over, all this sort of stuff. And... Punk says this is all Scott Armstrong's fault, and Vince agrees and books Punk versus Scott Armstrong tonight in a match. So they do have a match, and as we've mentioned many times on the show, and as most of our listeners know, Scott Armstrong was a uh, longtime veteran of WCW. Uh, Mm -hmm. Never a title holder or anything, you know, always pretty much a jobber, but longtime performer in WCW. Not apparently, Matt Stryker and Ty Grisham never watched WCW Saturday Night like you did back in the day because <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea. Man, they they have this match. Punk just destroys Scott Armstrong for a couple minutes, gives him a go to sleep. Scott Armstrong never even fights back. He's in his referee gear, all that sort of stuff. But they never even pretend like he can defend himself. They act like he's this feeble old grandpa yeah. this whole time. I'm like. Yeah, he should get beat up by Punk, but like you could at least pretend like, oh, he used to be a wrestler. Like maybe he right. could get in a lucky shot or something. But it's just a weird that 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 just wraps this whole storyline up, and it never really went anywhere. Yeah, it was weird, man. And yeah, you think Matt Stryker, as much as he has little inside things and little quips and nuggets of information, you think he would have said something? Although. Maybe it came from the top down. Just don't mention oh, it at sure. all. We're going to act like he's a nobody. Because even like Teddy Long, they, I think they would talk about his history as a referee yeah. and, and as a manager and stuff like that. So I don't know. 
a little uh, disheartening for my WCW fandom to see one of my favorites on Saturday night go on to get decimated <laughs> by Punk without even mention of his history in the squared circle. Well, maybe Matt Stryker had like an ear infection and couldn't hear that episode. It was an episode of Saturday night. Maybe his brother yeah, threw him in the exactly. water, exactly. <laughs> busted his eardrum. It's uh, a callback, folks. Uh, I was talking to my brother about that the other week, and I saw him, and he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, that it happened. <laughs> of course he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. well, he was like, I believe you, but I just don't remember doing that. So. <laughs> well, the old main event for tonight is that Kane-Jericho match, as we just mentioned, for the number one contendership. It's fine. You know, throwback to the old feud coffee. over spilled coffee back in the day. <laughs> uh it does have a nice finish because Kane goes for the top rope clothesline and Jericho just hops up and hits the code breaker on him as Kane is coming down. So nice creative finish there. Jericho covers Kane and now the two tag team partners, the un, uh, I keep saying undisputed, it's, it's the unified, unified tag team titles, yeah. uh, tag team champions. They are going to face the Undertaker at the Survivor Series. Uh, and... They're going to keep traveling back and forth to Raw, and uh, this this episode hasn't been too crazy yet, Travis, but uh, it's about to go off the rails, I believe. Yeah, this brings, <laughs> brings us to Raw, November 2nd, 2009, and I don't know if there has ever been a more just on-the-nose song that goes with an episode of Raw, ever, <laughs> because the song Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne opens this show, and it's in it's intact on the network as far as I can tell. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's there, and so I guess they license it. But Crazy Train kicks off the show, and uh, Ozzy and Sharon are in the in the ring, uh, soaking up the cheers. And I just wrote my notes like Raw is indeed about to go off the rails with Crazy Train. So just <laughs> just stay tuned, everyone. So it's going to be crazy. In fact, Ozzy says. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. All about. <laughs> oh, I just, man. I loved it. And this is it. 2009. This is like 10 years after the Osbournes, like yeah, show. Were, we were in high school still when that show was on, like in 03, 04. Like, I don't know, man. Um, but we do get a clip of WrestleMania 2 when Ozzy was there. So mm. he does have a history in He WWE, does, absolutely. So. And yeah. he – he, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I could – I don't even know if this is true. But I, I feel <laughs> like he, he, he was enjoying himself more than the NASCAR drivers were. So, yeah, even though I don't oh, yeah. think he knew where he was. Um, no. I, and he never seems to. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's par for the course for him though. Yeah. But um, so – Miz comes out, stuff happens. I'm not going to get into all of it. No. They talk, shenanigans happen. Legacy comes out, more shenanigans. Finally, Big Show comes out. So this is where we're going to get to the, the part that deals with us. So Big Show tells Osborne that he's not going to listen. Or he says, don't listen to these whiners and complainers. And he said, I demand an apology for being beat up from the entire Raw roster last week. And then just without missing a beat, Ozzy's like, I'm sorry, which is pretty funny. Honestly. I laughed. Yeah, I, I, I did. Got, I got me too. So, <laughs> so, Basically um, because these guest host segments are so unfunny and they're so yeah, long yeah. and so torturous that they actually had a funny little line in there. Exactly. It actually exactly. It made it even that, that much better. Oh, yeah. So Big Show's like, 
whoever doesn't apologize is going to get one of these and holds up his fist in front of Ozzy, who goes, <laughs> just like he used to on the show, which, again, I laughed at that because it was yeah. stupid. Um, and it's Ozzy, and he's so out of place. But DX music hits, they come out, and um, uh, basically they're out there. They're, they they say they want to make it they make the save here before these four rating killers tank the show, which I – don't know if it was just them taking the show. It might have been their shill and stuff, but Triple H shills Ozzy's new book and then shills the DX new book, and then uh, he whispers into Ozzy's ear about a match I should have, and then Ozzy Osbourne books a match between The Miz and Evan Braun. He's going to fight Evan Braun tonight! <laughs> Who? <laughs> you know, Evan Classic Braun. superstar Evan Braun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Evan Braun. So, yeah, again, oh that's the second week in a row we've had a botched name. Um, and that's the U.S. title match tonight. And then Sean whispers into Sharon's ear, and she winds up booking <coughs> Kobe Kingston. Kobe! Tonight it will be Kobe Kingston. <laughs> yeah, throw back to Undertaker. So, yeah. She winds up looking Kobe Kingston. So not only have we botched Evan Braun and then now Kobe Kingston. So and then last week it was whoever it was. I don't even remember now. But yeah, it's just terrible. So and then Triple H is like, oh, he calls Big Show Benedict fat guy and tries to get a few laughs out of the children. And uh, Big Show's like, you know, cut this out. You know, he's like, I want to warm up before I get to Survivor Series. You know. I want to see the Survivor Series WWE title match tonight. He says he wants to see Cena versus Triple H versus um, Shawn Michaels. And then somehow we get to them whispering in Ozzy's ear, and it's supposed to be funny, but Ozzy winds up booking Cena versus Jericho versus Big Show. You know, get one over on the bad guys here. So, um, And then Sharon gets the Billy Gunn line and says – Probably better than he ever did. If you're not down with that, we got two words for you. And I just wrote in my notes that this has definitely gone off the rails of a crazy train. It's just insane. Oh, my God. I, I can't just, believe I actually just had to talk about that. That's This is all real. We've gone from <laughs> Paul Bear's funeral parlor to Ozzy Osbourne booking a match on Monday Night Raw. This is, this yeah. is what it's come to. This is the yep. journey of this podcast. And later, we're going to get Jericho backstage walking to the Osborne's room. So we got Fozzie meeting Ozzy here. So, you know, which is where, you know, Jericho got his name for his band. So uh, he says he's the best at what he does and says Ozzy was his hero when he grew up. And he went to his concerts, memorized his lyrics, grew his hair long, dyed the tips of it purple and pandered to the fans just like him. But then he realized I'm better than the fans. And I don't need them. And I'm better than you as well. And if you disrespect me again, I'll be it'll be the ultimate sin. Which is probably an Ozzy song, I'm assuming, or an well, album. Maybe it's a Fozzy song. I don't know. Could be a Fozzy song. Could be either one. Probably a tattoo on Jericho's inner arm, left arm only at this point. But, um, And then as Jericho leaves, Ozzy's like, who's that crazy bloke? <laughs> Which, that was an Australian accent, sorry. But anyway, it's just, he doesn't even know what's going on. So it's great. And then later on, DX joined Colin king on commentary for the main event which again is non-title triple threat match between cena and jericho and uh long story short big show and jericho get into it during the match late in the match big shows on the outside uh jericho uh gets up for the aa big show punches cena right in the head from the apron and jericho covers cena and gets the pinfall so jericho's gonna win over the wwe champion so that's big 
you know, even though he lost to Kofi Kingston right. last week, it's still a big win. Just some momentum going in the Survivor Series. And then Big Show and Jericho shake hands, and Jericho locks in the walls of Jericho on Cena, and Big Show's going for like the camel clutch uh, on him, just a double team. You know, DX rushes the ring, Show punches uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H winds up beating a co-breaker, and Jericho actually wound up standing tall to end the show. Well, with DX and John Cena left laying in the ring, which I just wrote like that's that's very rare. Uh, we've we've made note of that because you you rarely ever see the heels standing tall anymore. You used to see it in the Attitude Era, tune in what's going to happen next week. Right. But ever since it kind of went to this high def PG ish era, like you don't really see that a lot. It's usually it's in the fans home happy. Um, so I appreciated this a whole lot. I really liked seeing the heels stand tall and seeing. Arguably the three biggest names besides Taker, you know, Cena and DX on their backs, you know, going in to the next week. So I liked that part. That's yeah, it. definitely. <laughs> Change of pace. Um, sorry if I sound a little distracted during that episode, uh, but I, sad to say I, I just lost I just lost an eBay auction I was that just ended oh, no. as we were recording. Man, it was it, – <sighs> I was winning it as of this morning for ten dollars. It is a uh, like a nineteen ninety one Undertaker hat, like trucker oh, hat. Like you used man, to see it in the yeah. crowd. It's just like black foam. Yep. Says the Undertaker on the front of it, man. Like the R, the old Undertaker font, uh, and it jumped up to twenty six, twenty five dollars or something this afternoon which was still in my budget of what I was willing to spend on it. And it just ended. Take a guess what it just ended at. Um, it was at $26 till about five minutes ago. 31 $86. What? <laughs> $86 for a hat? <laughs> which is Good. honestly... That's kind of what it goes for, like, which is like I thought I was getting a steal. Like, you know, I was willing to spend like, you know, 30 or 40 on it, but I can't spend $100 on a hat. And I, I thought I was finally going to get a steal on it, but Ooh. too rich for my blood. Kudos to whoever out there, if you're listening, if you stole the hat from me, kudos to you. But. Golly. <laughs> That's sickening. 80 bucks for a hat. I don't have that kind of disposable income. No, not for a 1991. No. Come I to wish I wanted ashes or something. <laughs> but That'd uh, be worth. I do have some other eBay auctions we could talk about uh, at the end of the show, so we'll get to those sometime later. But back to what we're talking about here: SmackDown, November 6, two thousand nine. It's been thirty some odd minutes, and we're finally going to talk about the Undertaker, Travis. Yeah, I'm talking Taker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the kind of episode we got here tonight but sorry he's gonna open this episode of smackdown cutting a promo and what a welcome change of pace here excuse me he's back rocking that sleeveless cloak uh and uh no hat makes his way to the ring does his entrance raises the lights uh takes a look at the crowd they cheer him on and he unbuckles the world heavyweight title uh unbuckles his jacket shows that belt off and says it seems like an eternity ago that the demons of hell passed judgment on the mortal world and unleashed a creature of the night so powerful that the mention of his very name would send shivers down the spines of all who opposed him 
What a great way to introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's very Jack Black-esque of, like, introduction of himself like, like, on a Tenacious yes. D album. Easily. <laughs> uh, and if he's talking about the Survivor Series. He says it was at the Survivor Series that the dark birth of The Undertaker Ugh. was born. Uh, I think he stumbled over his words there. The dark <laughs> birth of The Undertaker was born. <laughs> I didn't know how to finish that. Also like Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, talks about his legacy and says uh, <laughs> he takes the belt off and says this is this is the holy grail right here. Uh, this is what everyone is after, and uh, this is why the Big Show betrayed an entire team to be try to become world heavyweight champion. But what he actually won was the opportunity to be terminated by the mm. hand of the dead man. <laughs> Which brings Taker to Chris Jericho. He says, there are a few things in this world that bring joy to my dark heart. One is fighting alongside my brother Kane, and one is fighting against my brother Kane. And Chris Jericho, you took that opportunity away from me. So I'm going to punish you at Survivor Series by taking your fate, your health, and your soul. (laughs) True. Don't get on this list. man's bad side. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> I do love that. His his two favorite things are fighting yeah, with did, Kane yeah. and fighting against Kane. I did like that a lot. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho interrupts the dead man here and says, "This is truly what the world has been waiting for ten years now. Us two against yes. each other, face to face. Yes, absolutely." <laughs> Uh, Jericho gives us the Webster's Dictionary definition of the word phenom and says that it defines phenom as an exceptional, unusual, abnormal person. And Jericho says, well, that describes me more than it describes you. I think at this point, Chris Jericho is the true phenom of the WWE. Because I am exceptional exceptionally talented with accolades that are second to none the best at what i do and that makes me unusual and what makes me abnormal is that i'm the only one with the boldness and the braveness to stand up for what i believe in and tell the truth and the truth is this undertaker for the past 20 years you've been brainwashing these gelatinous tapeworms You've been lying to these sicko fans as they enable you to pretend that you're something you're not. Because here's a newsflash. You're not a dead man. You're just a man. And Jericho is basically going to ape a lot of what CM Punk said during their rivalry here. And say, Undertaker, you're not just a, you're not a dead man. You're, you're just a normal man. Like... Me, like Kane, like John Cena, like the big show, all these men that I've beaten. And I'm on the biggest roll of my career. I can beat anyone, and I'm going to beat you at Survivor Series. So, yeah, Jericho's going to, like I said, he's just kind of going to say a lot of the same things CM Punk yeah. was saying during their rivalry here. Uh, he gets in the ring and tells Undertaker, I'm not afraid of the dark. There's no one on this planet I'm afraid of, and I am... Uh, the true new phenom of the WWE because I'm the best in the world at what I do. And much like his brother Kane, Undertaker is just going to respond by 
goozling Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho kicks him low and tries to fight Undertaker, but Taker boots him in the face, and Jericho rolls out of the ring and gets the heck out of Dodge and gives him the old throat slash as Taker's music plays here. So a little bit of a tease as to what we're going to get on next week's episode of SmackDown, but really cool to finally see these guys you know, they had a little in-ring interaction when Jericho first debuted. Uh, you remember that? Like on Raw 99? Yeah. They, mm-hmm. Jericho... That was when he got in trouble yeah. backstage. Yeah. yeah. And this is really the first time they've had any sort of promo time against each other until then. So it's definitely neat to see. But just... Yeah. Go ahead. I was, I was sold on seeing Jericho versus Taker just from yes. this one interaction because it had been 10 years and we haven't seen it, you know? And it's just... Two greats that I wanted to see go at each other, and I wish that it had just been those two, not Big Show, coming in to soil the match. So, um, dude, one of my favorite things Jericho says in that promo, though, is like, "You've been brainwashing these gelatinous tapeworms." That's <laughs> <laughs> great. This even makes like it's not even it's just they're just big words. They're not even like really mean anything to his character. Just saying it. So he is really going over the top and leaning into that stuff yeah. on these promos man there's a, there's another one later on where he's just like every other word out of yeah. his mouth is yeah. 10 syllables <laughs> well that brings us across the pond in case you didn't know we're gonna go to raw <sighs> 2009 and he, dude how did you know this raw was in uh england uh something in the background up on, over on the stage uh flag hanging on the background a phone <laughs> booth you know how about Usual the touches. boxing legend Ricky Hatton? Who? Who's he? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Never Sorry, heard again, of this guy. Not a big boxing guy. Don't know who he is. Uh, but seriously, did the UK not have cell phones back then? Why are we still using the phone booth in 2009? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little out of date. It's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I don't get it, but... Um, our guest host is Ricky Hatton. Again, you and I have I literally have no clue who this guy is. I'm I'm up on the big names in in, in boxing just because they're in pop culture. I have no idea who Ricky Hatton is, but he welcomes us to WWD Monday Night Raw. So again, third week in a row, <laughs> third botched. <laughs> Welcome to WWD. Monday Night Raw. So what is wrong with these people? I just don't get it. But if there, puts over- someone needs to do a supercut on YouTube if they haven't already of just every guest host from Botching all time, every- all of their botches from like Jeremy Pivens and Summerfest. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, uh, but um. He puts over his boxing career and he gets interrupted by Jericho. They come out in their suits this time, which I thought was kind of cool to see because, you know, Jericho had been doing that since he came back and, or since he turned heel back in 2008. He'd been wearing, and you no, know, it's rubbed off on Big Show too. And again, we just, we've only seen them in their wrestling outfits here. Looks that a lot cooler about. on Jericho than it does on Big Show. Oh, absolutely. He looks like just a big old used car salesman or something. Big Show does. <laughs> I was going to try to tell you a sofa or something at discounted kind of price. But, World's yeah, largest Big- assistant principal. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, season two of the Big Show show, show, whatever it's called, Netflix, should yeah. be him being the substitute teacher or assistant principal. I'm in. <laughs> as long as he looks like that. So, but um, Big Show gets right in this Ricky Hatton's face, and he is like, what, eighteen to twenty inches taller than this kid? I mean, this guy is so small. He's probably five foot nine, eight. I don't know, but um, anyway. 
uh, big shows like I've knocked people out as well. And you, I've, I've, I think he said I ate a bigger English breakfast this morning than, than the size of you. So he tells Ricky to scram and, uh, Ricky Hatton's like, why do you have to be like that? So uh, it's just so bad, poorly acted, but he has he no he, charisma, man. No, he is a succubus of charisma, man. It is awful. It's so bad. And he uh, says, you know, I really loved at WrestleMania when you got knocked out by one of them boxers. One of them boxers <laughs> is only the most famous boxer walking the planet at the time. Floyd Mayweather, not just one of them boxers. I mean, he has a name, not Ricky Hatton. So pardon me, our UK fans that celebrate the or worship the ground Ricky Hatton walks on. Sure. I don't know who this guy is, <laughs> but – Big Show says he'll give he'll give Ricky a free shot just like he gave Mayweather, and then I'm gonna knock you out. Big Show gets on his knees, and Ricky Hatton goes for a punch, but Jericho gets in the way, and it's like, you know, I'm not gonna let you get hit by, you know, an, another one of these, you know, boxers. So uh, he says, you know, you, you, we got enough to worry about it at the Survivor Series, and you know, I'm the best there is right now, the best I've ever been. I'm single handedly responsible for bragging rights. I beat John Cena single handedly last week. And I'm going to beat The Undertaker this Friday on SmackDown, and I'll beat you both at Survivor Series and become the world champion for the sixth time. So a lot of confidence. And again, it's really – you pay attention to the little things he just did right there. He said, I single-handedly won bragging rights. No, he didn't. He had help from Joe. I single-handedly beat John Cena. No, he didn't. Joe punched him in the head. He <laughs> fell on top of him. Like It's just good heel stuff you know, that you got to pay attention to, but nobody really does it like that. Um, and then Big Show calls Jericho Napoleon, which I thought was hilarious to me. So yeah. he's like, you know, I'm walking out the champion. And Ricky Hatton's like, I make the matches here, and I want to see Jericho versus DX tonight. So Jericho, like, heals in the crowd here and heals on Queen Elizabeth and starts using all his big words. And uh, it's just terrible. And uh, Ricky Hatton's basically like, you know, use some used him simple words. And they get in each other's face, and then DX comes out, and Michael Cole absolutely slays me with an old throwback here. He goes, the Calvary has arrived. The Calvary has arrived. We haven't got one of those in a while. No, we haven't, and it's been a blessing and a godsend, and now here it is again. The Calvary has arrived. And explain to people why that's such a pet peeve of yours, since it's been uh, such a long time since we, we talked about this. Oh, yeah, again, I'd be happy to. So, again, it's not the cavalry who's arrived. It's the cavalry. The cavalry mm. would be the military on horses. Uh, they're the ones that come. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. They're not the Cleveland Calvariers because Calvary would be the uh, the location where uh, Jesus Christ was crucified. Uh, <laughs> whether you believe that or not, that is still the location. You know, that's Calvary. So if Calvary has arrived, a mountain with – you know, would it would have come down the aisle way with, you know, Jesus on it. That's not what's happening there. So pet peeve of mine every time, not the cavalry, it's the cavalry. So And Cole and King I, always, always get it wrong for twenty yeah. years have yeah. gotten it wrong. And they say it a lot. <laughs> yes, I know. But yeah, thank God we haven't got that in a while. Uh man. But yeah, here it is. And just I hated it. But you know what England loves DX. They they are they did. They are sipping anything these no guys doubt. are serving, man. They're like, where's the Kool-Aid? They just love it. So uh, they get out there, and Triple H asks them how many times we got to go through the same thing. These guests, so, you know. You know better. You know better. You came out here, and you messed with an 85-year-old Bob Barker, and he pulled your punk card. Which, 
was awesome. That so, redeemed everything. It man. redeemed. Yeah, that's our exactly. other one of our other favorite jokes. <laughs> yes, <that's, laughs> pulling the punk card, man. Yeah, so I absolutely love Triple H threw that out there. Bob Barker kind of... pulling punk cards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did it to Happy Gilmore, and now he's doing it to Chris Jericho. <laughs> exactly, it's a good company to be in. So, really good. I did love that man. It almost redeemed the succubus of charisma, Ricky Hatton. But um, anyway, Triple H, you know, thanks him for the match tonight and says we'll take care of the Honey Monster and Mr. Bean tonight. Which I know Mr. Bean. I don't know who the Honey Monster is. Maybe he's something else from England. Is that the I Honeycombs my... mascot? Maybe. No, that was Andre the Giant. the honey monster (laughs) yeah and mr bean i know who that is because i look like him so from the profile if you look at me from the side like mr bean (laughs) i've been told that for years (laughs) anyway um give yourself a little more credit man oh just from the side from the front not so much just from the side but uh anyway um hbk says you know why don't we just do this right now and he beats up jericho and Jerick, Big Show goes to kind of get ready for us, steps over the top rope and leaves, and they go. And then Ricky Hatton delivers. We've got two words for you. And the crowd yells, you know, their part. And it's just, we've got two words for you. It's so awful, man. Like, my three-year-old could do it with more charisma than that. But (laughs) anyway, I can't wait to get to this episode uh, of Raw. Later on, John Cena joins the commentary for the main event of DX vs. Jericho. The match ends when Big Show goes to punch Sean, but he ducks and Big Show hits Jericho on accident. Triple H clothesline Big Show out. Sean covers Jericho to get the win. So Jericho's been pinned here. After the replay, Justin Roberts is like, hey, I've just been informed. Next week's main event on Raw is DX vs. Jericho versus John Cena and his tag team partner. <gasps> wait for it. And then all of a sudden we hear... And the Undertaker makes his way out and so comes out through the smoke, stares at the ring. John Cena kind of smirks like, ah, I like this. You know, he's on my team. So um, I don't know who made that match. Did Ricky Hatton make the match? Did Vincent Mann make the match? Did the the guest host for next week already (laughs) call in and say, I've got to make this sense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Justin Roberts, maybe he's the guest host next week. I don't know. But uh, just throw your logic out the window, ladies and gentlemen, for this season. Yeah, throw the logic out the window, throw the rule book out the window. I, it's, it's bonkers. But um, I, I do want to give a little credit to Jericho and Big Show here. They are having to put up with a lot yes. of crap, and they are yes. doing what they can. Like, yes. They're probably focused on, all right, we're main eventing a pay-per-view with The Undertaker mm-hmm. for the world title. We want to get this story over. Mm-hmm. But we have to keep going out every week with NASCAR drivers and Ozzy Osbourne and Ricky Hatton <laughs> and trying to make chicken salad out of this stuff, man. And they're mm-hmm. they're doing what they can. They are trying yeah. their best, trying to carry these guys who have no business being on live television, um, doing something with – trying to carry DX who are just trying to sell their merch <laughs> and trying to mm-hmm. make everything a joke. Like, God bless them, man. They're, they're doing what they can. Yep, they absolutely are. They're doing the best job they can. And they're two pros, and that will continue on for the rest of this build-up. Yep, and that brings us to SmackDown. Uh, still over in the UK on November 13th, 09. Hmm. Um, I had to, I, they probably just taped this right after Raw, I'm if I had to guess. Sure. Um, 
Uh, got all the same setup, same all, uh, same phone booths and everything out there. And this is really cool. We are getting for the first time ever, exclusively on SmackDown, Chris Jericho and The Undertaker in a one-on-one singles match. Very historic here. Yeah. And they do. They build it up. They make a big deal about it. It's wild that these two guys have been around. You know, Jericho was gone for a little, couple years. years, but yeah. still, like, to be on the roster in the Attitude Era and think about how many shows, how many Raws, SmackDowns, pay-per-views in between these guys to have never had a match with each other. It's Seems insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll never happen again. I mean, you can, I can't think of anything that anybody's going to be on the roster for 10 years. Because even now, when you, they bring a new guy in, you can't wait to see him feud with so-and-so. They just stole mine. They're on free TV. Matt Riddle and AJ Styles. I love Matt Riddle. love AJ. But they threw him out his first night on SmackDown a few weeks ago, and he beat AJ immediately. And now he's supposed to wrestle him again, I guess, as the time this drops. It'll be tonight on SmackDown. And they'll probably feud to SummerSlam, too. It's just like, why are we just throwing these people in there? Let's make us wait for it. Now, this is 10 years. I'm not saying wait 10 years, but let's wait for it, you know? So, anyway, it won't happen again. Well, here's the thing. We've waited 10 years for it with two of the biggest stars of all time. Why are we wasting it on a throwaway UK episode of SmackDown? Why couldn't Mm -hmm. this be... The Survivor Series match, or why couldn't we hold it off till TLC? Why couldn't we hold yeah. it till WrestleMania? This is a WrestleMania quality match, man. Like I, oh, yeah. I know what we're getting to at WrestleMania 26. Like sure. honestly, I wouldn't trade that. But still, man, this is such a special thing, and it's just a shame that it's wasted here in service of this triple threat. It's like absolutely uh, less is more for sure mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jericho's going to get a promo with Massive Tool Josh Matthews backstage. And uh, Matthews asks if Jericho's concerned since you've never been in the ring with the dead man. And Jericho laughs at that. Uh, says uh, Matthews is like all the other plebeians who believe the Undertaker is a dead man. <laughs> Ten years. The plebeians in this audience have been waiting to see Chris Jericho versus The Undertaker. And for 20 years, they've believed that he has some sort of mythical powers, that he's a magic man. He's not. He can be beat, and he will be beat by me tonight, because I am not just a man. I am the best in the world at what I do. And not a dead man is going to stop me tonight, and not a dead man or a giant will stop me at Survivor Series, because I will leave the world heavyweight champion. That is real. So, that is, of course, going to be the main event tonight. And it's a solid match. You know, it's not it's not a five-star classic, but um, for the uniqueness of it, um, it, is, it is worth going to check out if you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, for these two guys facing off for the very first time, and they'll only face off a couple more times, and it's all on TV in <laughs> singles matches. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, it is a good finish here as Jericho's got Taker in the walls of Jericho, and Taker kind of spins it around and turns it into the Hell's Gate to get the submission win and for uh, have Jericho tap out there. 
immediately afterward, the big show runs out, his music hits, and he runs to the ring, and him and Jericho are going to double team Undertaker and do the submission. I had kind of forgotten that they did this, uh, but it, uh, I, I remembered it once they did it. But Jericho's going to get on the walls of Jericho, and Big Show's going to uh, stand on the other side and do sort of a modified camel clutch. Or, uh, yeah, camel. Yeah, they tried it last week against Cena or whatever, but. Yeah, yeah. It didn't uh, really work out. That striker calls it the House of Pain torture rack, which I don't Jump think around. was official. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> House of Pain torture rack. Uh, he quite had some other good time. stuff there, too. Dude. Did he? Yeah, he calls he calls the Undertaker. And now the Dark Terminator, the Minister of the Night. Yes, the last outlaw, the Undertaker. So, <laughs> foreshadowing there for two years from now. One of those stuck around, yeah. The, the Dark, Dark Terminator, Terminator didn't quite stick. <laughs> <laughs> Minister of the Night? He does Night Church? What does well, that mean? Calvary has arrived. I don't know. How's the pain torture rack? I remember really liking Matt Stryker on commentary back in the day, and my memory was wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. It is a lot. (laughs) Uh, Trying very, very hard. Uh, Well, Undertaker's favorite opponent and his favorite partner, Kane, hits the ring uh, to make the save for Taker. Uh, Show runs away, and Kane boots Jericho in the face and stands by his fallen brother. And we cut backstage. Vince is watching the show at the correct angle, which mm-hmm. I was surprised about. Yeah. Uh, drinking coffee, and he gets a call from Teddy Long. Apparently, Teddy did not make the trip to the UK. <laughs> He's in quarantine yeah. because uh, <laughs> Vince asks him. <laughs> By the way, uh, a little under the weather. What, what's the story on that? Uh, what are the symptoms? You don't have rabies, do you? Distemper? You don't have that swine flu, do you? Uh, I got it. <laughs> it's like this disgusted. Is, <laughs> this bizarre Teddy Vitz chemistry keeps going as he talks about Teddy being on probation. It just continues to be the weirdest thing ever. Uh, but Vince pitches Teddy on having Jericho against the Brothers of Destruction next week on SmackDown. And Teddy approves... We cut back to the ring and see the Bros of Destruction standing side by side and posing as uh, Jericho looks on. So uh, I do like that we uh, we booked the main event for Raw yeah. on Raw next week. We're building that. And we've got a main event for SmackDown the next week yeah. we're building too. So I'm always a fan of that. And two pretty huge matchups on mm-hmm. both shows. So yeah, absolutely. pretty neat. Yeah, You'll never, you know, never hear me complain about advertising what the main event's going to be if it's good. So look forward to like that, you know, big names here. So good stuff. Well, this is going to bring us to the Go Home Raw for Survivor Series. I'll let you hit the Go Home SmackDown just a minute here, oh, but my. <laughs> we are here with a special episode of Raw from November sixteenth, oh nine. This is the first time in a long time that Raw has been in Madison Square Garden. Um, and this was, as you pointed out in your notes, this was on the Raw 20th Anniversary box set as one of the top 20 episodes ever. So uh, I remember this main event, it definitely stands out, but that's about the only thing memorable from this night and the opening here. But other than that, oh, yeah. I was Talk like, well, how is this one of the top 20 ever? But we, 
We open <laughs> this show with Hot Rod, Roddy Piper backstage in Piper's Pit. And he's got his guest, Luis Guzman. It's <laughs> a top 20 episode right here. <laughs> I thought it was Santino as Luis Guzman, but it's actually <laughs> Luis Guzman. <laughs> What's your favorite Luis Guzman role? Oh, hands down, Count of Monte Cristo. I knew Absolutely. you were going to say it. I knew hands it. down. I, that's where I've introduced him. I love that movie. Hands down, Count of Monte Cristo. We saw that um, movie together. You? It was we great. We did. Oh, that, that, way back. Without question. Deep in the man. theater. Yeah, number yeah. one. That's it. Not waiting. That movie's... <laughs> I've been a fan of his catalog ever since. I celebrate uh, his entire world. Well, he's here on Raw this night to promote Old Dogs, another movie we saw in theater, if well, I'm well, not mistaken. Well, you are mistaken. You <laughs> you are mistaken, sir. Uh, did I see it with you? No, I have never seen that movie. Well, you are thinking it, you were thinking of Wild Hogs. Oh, <laughs> you know what? That's what I, that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I've never seen Old Dogs. No, I'm thinking you were gone. Hogs. You were yeah. in Tennessee. Well, that's what I was wondering. I was like, how have I seen this with them? No. But, I mean, we could still have seen it together. But I don't know, like, why I would have seen that with you. Maybe by Christmas time or something. But, like, I don't – yeah, you're right. I'm thinking Wild Hogs. Another I horrendous movie we saw – at the 99 cent theater because we yes. were bored uh, with the, 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 another one of our friends and I still feel like we overpaid for it. It was <laughs> hands down the worst movie I've ever seen in the movie theater in my well, life. <laughs> well, I'm not sure the old dogs is much better. I don't know who's in uh, that. but uh, That is uh, Travolta and Robin Williams, oh. I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Old dogs, yeah, but um, but we'll cover yeah. uh, we'll cover wild hogs on our spinoff Talking Tim podcast <laughs> one day, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so we celebrate the entire catalog of <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> uh, well, we got Luis Guzman and Roddy Piper. Just I didn't think those two go things go together, so but they did this night at MSG, and um, also, also, we're gonna bring on. Another special guest here after Roddy makes some jokes about Mr. T and he brings on the Iron Chef, Bobby Flay, except it's actually the Iron Sheik, <laughs> not the Iron Chef. I love a good Bobby Flay joke on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Nothing better. Man. And I found something out about you. You are a chef. The Spanish is in you, huh? I like to flip the filet a little bit, so I got for you as a special treat. I flew in the Iron Chef himself, Betty and Boops. Bring him on out here, Bobby Flay, the Iron Bobby. Chef. Bobby Flay, Bobby Flay, Bobby. I said Bobby Flay, the Iron Chef, the Iron Chef, not the Iron Chef. Hey, you know, I, I remember when Hulk Hogan. No, Hulk Hogan. What are you talking about? I was a legend before that jabroni. I've been Mr. Papa he wasn't even like timely at that point was he it's like five to ten so. years earlier anyway but uh luis guzman gets cheeky baby uh triggered by bringing up hulk hogan and the sheet just goes off probably for a shoot just i humble you i just he just goes on he actually pulls out the lj in figures of himself and hogan and he's beating up hogan and then somehow this all gets to live from new york it's monday night so it's mm. like an, an snl cold open and it's just about as 
random as the <laughs> SNL as a real SNL. Was from yeah. now from nowadays would suck. But oh, this episode is also off the rails of a crazy train. But it's <laughs> no fault of Ozzy's here. But you know, I want to take a minute here to um, take a side a detour real quick uh, yes. because you mentioned a few weeks ago how Santino is one of your top ten characters ever in the history of WWE. Yes, I'll and we talked that. about how we love this guy. He's entertaining, and he's got the sports entertainment aspect of it down to a T. I would recommend every single person who disagrees with you and I saying that to go watch this Raw and watch Chavo versus Santino from this night. Uh, Santino, it's he's like a almost like Joey from uh, Friends. He's got all these different clothes on, <laughs> and they're all like uh, New York things. And he he'll take off like a Rangers jersey, and the crowd cheers. He's got the Mets on, and they boo him or whatever. Like, but he has got twenty two thousand people eating out of the palm of his hand. It's so with good. Every and he takes it off at one point. Has a Phillies jersey on, I think, or Red Sox or something. But I think it's Phillies, and they just boo. And he's like, Oh no no no, no sorry, sorry. And he take it, but it is just. It is so wildly entertaining because the crowd bites every single second of it. And anyway, I just wanted to say, like, that's why he's fantastic. You the know? timing of it is so yes. good. Like, he's about to fight Chavo, and yeah. he's like, oh, one second. Puts his finger <laughs> yeah. up, takes the jersey off. He gets back in his fighting stance. Yeah. Like, oh, one second. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just... he does it like ten times. And yeah. it, it stops being funny, and then it gets funny again because exactly. he keeps going over it. and. Yeah, like you compare that to what Hornswoggle and DX are doing, it is night right. and day, man. Yeah, which actually this leads to DX and Hornswoggle coming out. Uh, they're facing Jericho and Cena and Taker in the main event, and they're like, "We're not, we're not going to turn on each other at Survivor Series." And they wind up sending Hornswoggle away on a stretcher after a mini pedigree. So Triple H gives him pedigree healing on him, and they pull out a heel. In my yeah. opinion, they beat yeah. up. Hornswoggle, who just wanted to be their friend. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is one of the most bizarre, confusing things I've ever seen. It, like, what jerks? Really is, man. <laughs> they even have, like, a miniature, like, uh, stretcher form with DX spray paint on it. I don't know, man. But again, it's just go watch that scene with Santino and Chavo. It is just that right there and the main event. Sure. Now, I take back what I said about the Raw Twin anniversary. It's a great. Those two things make it make it okay. Oh, and Louis Guzman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um Well I'll tell you what. Let me tell you who Hornswoggle reminds me of on right. these episodes. You know, as he comes out, he's just like this rabid dog coming out just, <laughs> just crotch chopping, just making wild noise, just cannot stop crotch chopping. Um you remember in seventh grade, Travis, uh, we had a had a math teacher by the name of Ms. Boyer. <laughs> I do. I'll never forget her. Uh, Hornswoggle reminds me on these episodes of you in seventh grade uh, whenever Miss Boyer would leave the room. And we hated her so much. She would ever, if she like left to go to the bathroom or something or left she'd to run outside. She'd be yelling at someone in the hallway is what she'd that, do. She'd take Rick Callahan out and yell at him in the hallway. Whoops, bleep his name out. <laughs> you would run up to the front of the classroom and then just do a hundred crotch chops. <laughs> just like Hornswoggle. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's all I could think. I got a big pop too from all twenty-five oh, people. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> That's an excellent, excellent observation. Would you agree? <laughs> absolutely, it's fantastic. 
The one time I did it, I had the snap-on pants. My pants yes. fell off, and they got stuck in the, in the, in the uh, in, in my desk. I got up, and my pants unsnapped. I remember I had to sit down to get, didn't get a chance to give her my two words. And I walked out. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. He is like a little, just like rabid Tasmanian devil, just oh, doing suck it over and over again, which is what I was in seventh grade. Yeah, basically, so, same thing. Yeah, I mean, you're in middle school, you're just a rabid little Tasmanian devil, and you're watching the Adjur era. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Um, well, later on, we're going to get uh, Chris Jericho confronting Roddy Piper backstage, and, you know, because he has to confront every single yep. um, guest host. And uh, he meets him backstage, and somehow <laughs> Piper makes fun of Jericho's Muppet hair. And then he's like, he brings out Chris Masters and he does the peck dancing routine to the tune of a Black Eyed Peas song. And then we see the people that aren't Will I Am and Fergie. So the other, <laughs> the, the, other the two Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. The other two Black Eyed Peas um, that nobody knows. Uh, I still, I literally don't know their names. Um, uh, they're in the audience. And so, I. What's happening right now? I don't know. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole segment. I, I don't but know like, why. Jericho must interact with the guest host. So, um, anyway, Cena gives a promo hype in his tag match tonight in the Triple Threat Sunday, and then Jericho Jer- come out first for the, the main event. DX is next, and John Cena comes out next, and then you know, so we got the WWE Champion and the World Heavyweight Champion tagging together, you know, mm-hmm. against DX and, and the and the tag team champions, Jericho. So really loaded main event here for MSG. So Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Really, really special entrance because Taker's gonna get that Latin chanting. The druids are gonna be there holding flaming torches. The crowd's just Undertaker and it's just before his music even hits, you know, um, just while the Latin chanting is going on. So it's just great. And it reminded me, just took me back to you know, when we were there at the Garden in 2004, just seeing that for the first time in a long yeah. time, you know, when he finally came back as a dead man at the Garden. just really took me back to that. So really cool. He comes out there, and it's really cool because they're at the, like, the MSG doors. They're at the, the cameras right across from that short short uh, entranceway, which is not like that at WrestleMania when we were there. But I always appreciated that. And Now, though, Taker is back to his black hat and his trench coat. So he's going back and forth between the – the uh, sleeveless and the non-sleeveless. So, but anyway, he gets in the ring, and once his music's done, there's only like eight minutes of the show left. So you know it's just going <laughs> to be course. real quick. And and Michael Cole says that this is the first time the Undertaker has competed on Raw in almost a year, which he competed on Raw before WrestleMania. So it's only been like six, seven months. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough, man. Seven, yeah. yeah, whatever. But this is basically MSG house show. Uh, match, you know, really good, really fast. The, the ending comes and they all stack their finishers. You know, Sweet Chimney's the big show. Codebreaker to HBK. Chokeslam Jericho. Take her clothes under the top rope. AA to Triple H. Cena covers him for the win. And then he turns around, take her slides right back in the ring and it's gonna chokeslam, or excuse me, tombstone John Cena right in the middle of the ring and does a Shakespeare pose under the purple lights and that's how we're going to go home from Raw here. So my question is, does that mean the world title greater than the WWE title? I don't know. I think it just means the Undertaker is greater than anybody, right. man. It because w- what the show WWE was it? <laughs> yeah, was Pay-per-view. it? Some some Raw or SmackDown recovered. I guess it was before WrestleMania, where like a bunch of guys like that DX. 
uh, yeah. Cena and Undertaker. No, it was the uh, the tenth uh, anniversary mm-hmm. show we covered a few weeks ago, and they played everybody's music, but they came back to Undertaker's yeah. to give yeah, him right. the, the end, man. And that just points to the respect they have for him here, and very cool entrance, definitely worth. Uh, skip around on this episode of Raw and watch some of the highlights. Watch from the it. opening. Watch Santino and watch this. Yeah, and watch uh, oh Kofi. And, uh, Kofi, yeah. Kofi Kingston, he does the boom drop on Randy Orton through table. Very memorable moment, sort of the peak of his early run uh, mm-hmm. of his career. So a lot of lot of fun stuff on this episode. It, it is a, I, you can see why it's included in the top twenty back of that sure. time. But uh, let's round it up, man. Let's let's hit the pay per view or hit the go home show for the pay per view. The last SmackDown here, November twentieth, two thousand nine. Uh, Absolutely worthless. Eric Escobar is hanging out with Vicky, and um, <laughs> is that his like name? That's his name. I hope, I hope this is the last time we talk about Mr. Perk. Absolutely worthless. Eric Escobar. <laughs> he is not long for this world, uh, and maybe he got the swine flu from Teddy because Teddy did not quarantine himself here. He's back in the office and talking to these two. Vicky is chastising him. So what are you thinking? Reuniting the Brothers of Destruction. I would never do something like that. Uh, you're, you're causing havoc on the roster. And Teddy's like, I didn't do it. It was Vince. It was Vince's idea to do this. Uh, but then Vince interrupts and says um, he he won't hear about it. Um, no, excuse me. Vince interrupts and he's like, where did you come up with this idea to team up the Brothers of Destruction? And that's such, that's imbecilic. And uh, I swear this whole storyline is just like a rib on Vince because this must be what it's like to work with Vince. Like he comes up with an idea and then he gets mad at you uh, about that idea. And you're like, wait, I'm sure the writers are like, you thought of this. Right, exactly. (laughs) You told us to do this. You said it was a great idea last night and then you changed your mind. That's Who all this, this crap. <laughs> that's what this is like. And yeah. then, um, <laughs> then Vince decides to make Vicky uh, Teddy's assistant again, basically to try to hold him in check and help him get mm. off probation. So that's the end game of that. Uh, Jerry show. No, go ahead. Oh, so Eric Escobar was fired in January of the next year. So he really isn't long for this world. He is not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking him up while we were talking here. So. Uh, four months on the roster, and that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, good enough. <laughs> Chris Jericho and Big Show, they're talking backstage, and uh, Show tells Jericho, don't worry about tonight. You know, I've been tag team champions with Undertaker and Ooh. with Kane, so I know how to wrestle them in a tag team match. So, rare good point made by the Big Show. <laughs> uh, Jericho says, it's fine, I've beaten them in the past before, I'm not afraid either, blah, 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 blah. And then Big Show pulls a Jimmy Wang Yang, and he leaves the locker room. Jericho's there. He's psyching himself up. Then the lights go out. Jericho freaks out, and he turns around, and uh, Undertaker, or excuse me, Big Show turns the lights back on and laughs at Jericho, man. Oh, it's so good. And at that point, you can hear, I heard my headphones. This guy in the crowd goes, I love Big Show, man. I think it was Jimmy Wang Yang. <laughs> it may have been. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, dude, you're pulling a page out of Jimmy Wang Yang's book. You must be desperado. <laughs> oh, that should have been Jimmy Wang Yang's theme song. Desperado. You'd have been world champ, dude. <laughs> <sighs> Dang it. Uh, well, speaking of entrance songs. Vince never heard of the Eagles. <laughs> 
He's just discovering them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jared's yeah, show. Don Henry is great. <laughs> Joe Walsh is a genius. He is. <laughs> uh, Jared's show come out to the worst entrance music of all time. Mm. And then the Brothers of Destruction come out to a one of the best yes. tag team entrances you will ever see on this episode of SmackDown. So Kane's music hits first. And then just kind of transitions into Undertaker's. It's not really a mashup. It just plays right. for a little bit. And then Undertaker starts up. They walk out together. And at the top of the entrance ramp are two of the giant mm-hmm. Undertaker, we call them the XT symbols mm-hmm. on here. And they both burst into flames right yeah. next to Undertaker and Kane. Just epic here. The flames are roaring out behind them. And Tony Chimmel announces them as the Brothers of Destruction. And I can't remember them ever being announced as that, as a tag team. Can you? I don't, I mean, obviously on commentary and like on promos, but as far as ring announced, I don't remember them being actually announced. There's always Kane and The Undertaker or something. So, yeah, I think you're right. That's the first one that we can both recall being that, but. Dude, this is just intimidating as heck. So like, watching them come out through the smoke with the flaming XTs and like it blows my mind how they can just out of nowhere be put together and look like they will eat your lunch and your whole family's lunch <laughs> for the rest of the year. Like they are just imposing and it's awesome. <laughs> it was, dude. It really was. Um I didn't remember this at all, but it, it no. was really, really cool here. And they have a decent Main event match here. Uh, Undertaker and Kane are kind of rolling toward victory. Undertaker boots Jericho down, and then Show comes in and choke slams Taker. But then Jericho pops in and hits the code breaker on his partner, the Big yeah. Show. And it's not really clear what's happening. Um, it it, it kind of seems like. Maybe Jericho didn't know who he was doing it to. Like, he thought he was grabbing Undertaker or Kane or something. And that's what the announcers yeah. think. Grisham and Cole are trying to be like, oh, well, he, he, he hit Big Show by accident. He thought it was Taker or Kane behind him. But Jericho sells it like he did it on purpose. Because he right. runs out of the ring, grabs the world title, and then runs to the top of the stage holding it up to celebrate. Like, he got one over on both the guys. Yeah. And that's how the match ends and the show goes off the air. So (laughs) no finish, no pin. I don't know what the heck happened or what the point of it was. The bell never rings. No. It's like you limp right into Survivor Series because it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's not like Jericho's been trying to literally get his hands on the title the whole time. Like, it's not it doesn't it didn't pay off anything. Like what does he prove by going to grab right. the title? Yeah. Like that doesn't fit Jericho's character no. at all. And you could have given Jericho a pin over Taker in a tag team match or just have him pin or Kane. Kane. Anybody. Yeah. Like have him get some momentum. It and that's just super strange. Like I don't see Undertaker as being a guy who wouldn't want to put over Jericho right. especially in a in a tag match or something to try to give him yeah. a little rub heading into the pay-per-view. It was just a very odd ending and like you said, just no momentum going into the pay-per-view. Mm-mm. They saved all their story all their good storytelling for the <clears throat> guest host Raw <laughs> segments. <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, if that was the good part, man. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, dude, we are finally here at the Survivor Series 2009. <sighs> Whew. I know, man. This that, that was a wild ride to get here, but you know, it's um this is November 22nd, 2009 from the Verizon Center in Washington D.C. and I don't re- I can't recall ever having seen any of this show. I, I I really I know I haven't gone back and watched it since the network and I wouldn't have watched it back then because you know, I just been married a couple months. I wasn't really renting video or the, honestly there weren't really many video stores were dying at this mm. point, doesn't yeah. So uh, it was kind of red boxes hitting <clears throat> you know, hitting the pop culture there. So anyway, I don't really remember seeing this video, but you or this show, you've seen it though, haven't you? A yeah. Bit? I a lot of these shows in this era I watched on the WWE twenty four seven yeah, uh, on demand deal. So I would see them three or four months after they happen. Uh, yeah, I wasn't buying. You know, I'd get uh, Rumble and WrestleMania every mm-hmm. year, but I didn't. You know, even Survivor Series. Like, I love old school Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Like, I could watch ninety, ninety one, ninety two. That or, I mean, really like eighty eight, eighty nine. Like the really old school ones. Those are the best ones. I could watch those over and over again. But really, it, I mean, once you hit the two thousands and you've got everybody on every show and survivor series kind of loses its luster um, mm-hmm. so yeah uh, i do did see this one don't remember much about the match as we uh, revisit it here tonight though well really cool opening video here which basically recaps the history of the survivor series the first few i think 87 88 i think it started in 87 right so 87 mm-hmm. 88 89 the first three and it kind of gives the main highlights from those three cards and then it flashes 1990 and it goes black and we hear Taker's gong, you know, and we hear Roddy Piper's commentary. Look at the size of that. And um, more Roddy Piper. Who knew we were going to talk about that so much? But um, and then we're going to then splice over to Taker's promo from the other day where he kind of recaps how everyone keeps coming for the title. And again, kudos to the editing team because they – you know, show his his past victims at Survivor Series and splice him with these three guys he, or these two guys he's facing and makes it seem really cool. But again, it really hasn't been <laughs> that cool. So I mean, some kind of big blockbuster name matches, but nothing really. I don't know, big and eventful has happened. So yeah, the the video package is able to kind of try to salvage this here. Uh, we don't actually get a video package for the match no. itself later on, which was kind of surprising, as this one goes on uh, basically in the middle of the card here. Uh, yeah. you know, you've got that other triple threat match with Cena, Triple H, and HBK. That one's got a main event. So this one goes on uh, third from the top. you got a Diva Survivor Series match to break the two up here. And we've got uh, another mashup of the Raw and SmackDown teams on commentary all night long. You've got Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and Matt Stryker together. Uh, Tool Grisham getting the night off, I guess. Well, that's a first for us here on Talking Taker, isn't it? Cole King um, and Stryker. Yeah, it's so. Stryker's first pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, as far with as, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, changing it up a little bit. But again, at first I was like, why are these three on? I was like, oh, yeah, it's all three brands, you know, well, I don't know. Is ECW represented on here? I didn't even look. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. Christian's in Christian, A-match. Yeah. yeah. Maybe somebody else. Uh, Swagger, but he's on Raw at this point, I think. Anyway, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, Anyway. But yeah, like you said, it's third from the top. And um, Jericho actually don't get their unified entrances here, which, you know, makes sense. They're getting separate entrances because they're competing as singles competitors. But they do both have their 
tag team titles with them as they come out. And I just wrote my notes like, what an afterthought those titles were. They've <laughs> yes. had those since July. Done nothing with July, them. July, dude. They have had them. And like, they've done nothing with them. And the tag team scene has just completely folded. Like, Miz and Morrison are split up. It's crime time. And crime time is about to, it's not doing, they're doing some stuff on Raw, but like, they're not. There's just not many tag teams, you know? I mean, there really aren't. So I guess that's why Vince is like, let's give them these two name guys and we'll try to make some stars out of somebody else eventually. But I don't know, man. It's like DX and Jericho are the only tag teams you really have. And, yeah, having them go back and forth on the shows is supposed to try to elevate the tag team titles, but it it almost makes them even more irrelevant in some ways. So. Uh, yeah, like you said, Jericho and Big Show, they're out first and second, so no surprise. Undertaker's going to come out last year and uh, get his big entrance. Just a really boring set and stage here. Mm-hmm. They really kind of stopped trying uh, to do anything new with, or special with these sets. But Undertaker's entrance is always going to look cool no matter what. you got tons of flames going up here. Um, I will say uh, Matt Stryker makes a good point, saying that Big Show has triple threat. Mm-hmm championship experience at survivor series so he won the world title against uh triple h and the rock is that right in 1999 mankind oh man mankind i think it was triple h and mankind and then the next night it was the night stone cold got run over yeah 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 i think it was maybe it, no am i thinking hold on i'm looking uh, at it yeah i think that's right i think that's right uh, Triple, Triple H and H. Rock. Oh, it's Big Rock. Show, okay. Triple H and Rock. Yep. Oh, I'm thinking SummerSlam is Austin, Foley, mm-hmm. and Triple H, right? SummerSlam? Yep. 99? Yep. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Survivor Series was Rock, Triple H, and Big Show. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yep. But yeah, Matt Stryker, good for him. Reminding us that 10 years ago, he won the title in a triple threat at the Survivor Series, so... You know, he's basically like winning the Super Bowl every year, according to JR. So. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that's cool, though, when you're talking about Taker's entrance here is that when he, as he comes out, um, you know, the king on commentary is like, you know, I got to change my mind about something I said earlier, you know, which apparently what he said was, you know, John Morrison has the best entrance in WWE. He's like, I'm changing my mind back to the undertaker. So I, even as a heel, he's still going to go, well, I guess he's not really a heel. Again. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of just a legend at this point, but it's still just, it's funny to see him go back to like, no, nah, this is the best one we've ever had. So, yeah. And then as Taker comes out, Michael Cole does paraphrase Roddy Piper. He's like, look at the size of this man. But, I just wish he said, look at the size of that hammock. So, <laughs> Wasn't that iconic? They line. cut it off of that clip earlier. So, Should that be a t-shirt? <laughs> look at the size, the size of that hammock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it should. Maybe uh, that's what's on the side of Taker's pants. A ham A hammock? Hawk, yeah. <laughs> wings. It's got like a little gargoyle face with wings. I it's do love those hawk. pants. Maybe mm. he misunder, he misheard it. That could be it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taker's got, uh, he's decided on the, the full robe uh, with the sleeves yeah. and the hat tonight. So no sleeveless tonight. I don't know if there's any coded message in his entrance gear, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> we haven't figured it out yet. 
Um, we get you know the championship introductions with all three guys in the ring here. Of course, Jericho and Show get big boos, and the crowd is loving Undertaker. And uh, the bell rings. We got Charles Robinson as the referee, and all three of these guys circle each other for a minute. And Jericho and Show are going to work together in the early moments to double team Undertaker. Yeah, that's basically the story of the match. You know, they're gonna you know their tag team partners are going to use that to their advantage and take out taker so they double team in the corner taker kind of elbows out for a minute and they go to the opposite corner and they're kicking him and punching him and choking him as the chan the fans are chanting for undertaker you know and matt striker says that the world heavyweight title has never changed hands in washington dc which hmm. wasn't starcade in dc a lot Ooh. Different title, I guess, <laughs> according to Matt Stryker. <laughs> I guess. So. Sorry, I know the last few years, Starcade was in uh, the in. Uh, in fact, I think Starcade '97 was yeah, there, Sting uh, where Sting beat Hogan. So, but yeah, they don't follow that lineage, I guess. So, the WWE World Heavyweight Title has never changed hands in Washington D.C. So, yeah. Well, we'll see if it happens here tonight. Uh, Big Show's going to drop Taker with a clothesline. Uh, Jericho dumps him over the top rope, but we do get a perfect 10 landing Mm -hmm. from Undertaker. I feel like we haven't seen that lately, but uh, he does bust that out. And Taker drags Jericho out of the ring. Uh, He beats up on Jericho some. Taker moves over, gives some shots to Big Show, and then makes his signature mistake (laughs) as he... Hits a goes for a running big boot on Jericho on the outside. Jericho's gonna move, and Undertaker crotches himself on the guardrail this time yeah. instead of the top rope. Yeah, and you know, classic mix-up, classic mistake there. And Jericho's gonna work him over in the timekeeper area, and Big Show's punching him, Taker in the chest, and Jericho grabs a microphone and hits Taker right in the head with it, and he makes sure it's a hot mic too, because when he hits him, it's like pop, it pops. So <laughs> I do like that. And, then probably the highlight of the match is right here because Jericho goes to throw the Undertaker back into the ring and one of the fans in the front of the audience goes, go back to Toronto. And Jericho, without missing a beat, and this is a classic, you know, classic, uh, you know, sound clip and I think there's plenty of memes of it and everything, but without missing a beat, that kid says, go back to Toronto. Jericho goes, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> And just goes in the <laughs> ring, and he doesn't even like turn around and acknowledge the guy. He just, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. I just, I just, I love it. He doesn't get in the guy's face or anything. He just says it, and King brings it up later on. Like, did you guys notice how Jericho like didn't oh miss God. a beat? And says, it's like King so thinks it's the greatest thing <laughs> yes. in the world. He like interrupts Colin Steiner. He's like, guys, guys, did, did you, you guys hear that? <laughs> Chris Jericho just told fan. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, King loves it. I love it. It's awesome. It's so good, man. It just Jericho's freaking. He's the man. Sometimes, dude. I just love he it. He is, dude. It's <laughs> great. Uh, well, while all that's going on, uh, Michael Cole and Matt Stryker get into an argument on commentary here because Matt Stryker is literally annoying Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler the entire time, and he. <laughs> He's insisting that Jericho and Big Show need to get Undertaker back in the ring so they can pin him. And Michael Cole's like, no, they don't. He can. Th- that would be stupid because Undertaker does not have to be involved in the finish because it's a triple threat match. So Jericho mm. and Big Show should leave him out there and go fight each other, uh, which I just – it never ceases to crack me up when the commentary team is, like, actually shooting mm. at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, that always tickles me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they do end up getting Taker back in the ring, and they work him over. Kicks, stomps, punches, chokes, really slowing things down here, uh, bringing the crowd down, uh, which is, you know, that's part of what you do. That's part of how you, you, you want to slow them down so you can build them back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and show goes to whip Jericho into Taker, but Taker's going to move out of the way, and he's going to fight out and hit a big clothesline on the big show. Yeah, he's going to splash Jericho in the corner twice and then hit snake eyes, and then he's going to run, and Big Show's going to drag Taker to the outside. And Taker, uh, Big Show kind of gets Taker up on his shoulder to throw him into the ring post, and Taker slides down and hits Big Show head first in the ring post. So that's going to put him out asleep on the outside for a little while. So, But as Taker gets back up on the apron, Jericho's going to go for that patented springboard dropkick that he does so well, but Taker is going to just punch him right in the face when he comes down the mat. Great and, uh, counter. Get, yeah, great counter. And get in the ring and uh, just start working over that left arm. Undertaker, like you say, he works over the arm, heads up top for old school. Jericho's going to crotch him, of course. Undertaker can't hit old school first time. It's got nope. to be blocked the first time. Uh, and Jericho heads up top and hits a superplex all the way from the top rope on Undertaker. Yeah. Always enjoy seeing that. But Jericho takes a little bit too long to cover, and it only gets two. As King says, I can't remember the last time I saw the Undertaker get superplexed. I guess King just missed last month or the month yeah. before that because he gets superplexed in almost <laughs> every, every match. match. Yeah. <laughs> like a signature spot of his to yes. take is superplex now. So, yeah. Uh, but that's that's our first pinfall attempt, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. crawling over. Yeah, getting two. So Jericho's then going to mount Taker and start punching him and Starts posing as Big Show is kind of stirring on the outside, getting up. And <clears throat> Jericho's going to go for a lion salt, but Taker gets his knees up. But then Jericho even reverses that and kind of just grabs Taker's legs and gets him in the walls of Jericho in the middle of the ring. So I really liked that, you know, back and forth part there. Jericho, even though he got reversed, he got one up on Undertaker and got him in the walls of Jericho right in the middle of the ring, though. And uh, Taker's, you know, in fact, my match record, like he's got to push up off the, and get his chest off the ground in order to uh, get um you know some leverage here so taker's trying to crawl toward the ropes which we don't see very often and jericho drags him back to the center of the ring like a good heel should and big show's gonna come in and make the save uh because you know he doesn't want jericho to win he wants to win the world title so he's gonna choke slam his partner jericho and you know big show's got he's already got a knee brace on uh, but I think yeah. he really tweaked his knee at some point, mm-hmm. or else he's selling really well. But he is kind of hobbling for the rest of this match and really having a hard time making it from spot to spot, it appears, uh, to my untrained eye. But he goes for a choke slam on Undertaker, but Undertaker counters it into the DDT. And I will I will never not praise the big show for how he takes Undertaker's yeah. DDT like Rob Van Dam. Man, it mm-hmm. is awesome he commits to it and goes head first uh i love Uh, seeing him do that i love that spot between them two they do it in almost every match yeah you know reverses a choke slam ddt and i love it it's a great spot for those two big guys so uh, that leads to all three men being down it's great great little you know triple down i guess if you will and jericho kind of slowly crawls over and covers taker and gets a two count then he just rolls over and covers big show for a two count but when big show kicks out he doesn't just kick out he throws jericho up off his chest out of the ring so it's just big show and taker left in the middle of the ring and they just trade punches like it's the fall of 2008 again mm. just going back and forth and or maybe it's, was it the beginning yeah fall of 2008 yeah uh just 
Yeah, it is what it is. And they double goozle each other and just grab each other by the throat. All those classic memories here as uh, Jericho breaks it up, comes in with the world title, and he goes to hit Undertaker, but Taker moves. Jericho hits his partner, The Big Show. Uh, Undertaker boots Jericho down, gets a two count on him, and then Taker kicks Big Show out of the ring. He goes for the last ride on Jericho, but Jericho actually grabs that belt that's on the ground and smacks Undertaker in the head with it. And slowly mm-hmm. goes for the cover. Again, he's too slow here as Undertaker's able to kick out at two. That was a good near fall right there. I really yeah. did like that one. Made you believe Jericho could have won, you know, because Big Show's out of the ring, you know. So, and then Jericho's going to really throw salt in the wound and mock the throat slash and the eye roll and have his tongue sticking out. So, really, really doing the heel stuff here. And he actually flips taker up in the tombstone position which i was blown away what is he thinking man i don't know man gonna kill a guy so he gets him up for tombstone but taker you know flips backwards and has jericho up and then big show is on the apron i think at this point he hits that punch what is it called at this point it's not called the i don't think it has a name at this point he just hits the power of the punch on taker and (laughs) Big, big show actually comes in and covers the Undertaker to try to get the win here, and Jericho kicks him in the head. Then Jericho covers Taker, and the Big Show is going to pull him off, and so that's going to lead to some dissension amongst the ranks here. Jericho goes for the code breaker on Show, but Show just shoves him down and hits Jericho with the knockout punch. And really seems like uh, Big Show could have just pinned Jericho here and yeah. won the world title, but. <laughs> Instead, yeah. I guess he wants to prove a point and defeat the Undertaker because he pulls the straps down. He signals for the choke slam on Taker, but Undertaker reaches up, grabs Big Show's arm, falls back, locks in the Hell's Gate, and Undertaker taps out Big Show to retain the World Heavyweight title after 13 minutes and 37 seconds. So Big Show's only got himself to blame. Yeah, dumb, dumb, dumb psychology on his character's part, you know, just punch. You've already knocked your partner out and just shove Taker away and pin him. So, oh, well, I mean, (laughs) it's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, you big dumb idiot. (laughs) You didn't do that, and then you got tapped out. So, yeah, Taker, you know, retains his title. So, uh, yet again, the world title has never changed hands in D.C. Sorry, D.C., yeah. Well, Taker struggles to get up. We see some replays. Undertaker does the Shakespeare pose, hits the uh, purple lights, lifts the title up over his shoulder at the top of the ramp. You know, all the common stuff that we see. And, you know, this was, uh, unfortunately for me, it was just kind of a match that happened. Kind of kind of got going a little bit towards the end with some, with some false finishes. Last couple minutes were fine. Uh, but just a really slow start, and uh, you know, it's I guess maybe a, a very small recommendation just because it's Undertaker, yeah, uh, Jericho on pay per view. But you know what? Just go watch some of their singles matches on SmackDown. Uh, you don't even sure. need to bother with this one, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I just wrote. You know, it was pretty much a run of the mill three way, mm-hmm. um, but made better by the fact of the the three guys that are in it you know like if it wasn't these three i wouldn't recommend it at all i just recommend it just for the fact that it's jericho and taker on pay-per-view but um you know like i said it's got big show also in there to 
all over the place. So anyway, is <laughs> what it is. You know, not one I'd go on my way to watch again. I will never watch this match again. I don't think. So. No, this was probably going to go in the archives and just uh, we'll skip over it. And uh, but just some cuckoo bonkers stuff during the build up here uh, made it. <laughs> Made it interesting yeah. for us. I'll say that. Sometimes that's some of the funnest stuff we get talked about. It's just a weird crap and how bad the buildup is. Sometimes it's 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 actually fun, more fun than the match itself. So, well, we'll see if we can recover next week as we keep rolling, rolling, rolling onto the last ride, and we will talk about another new pay per view concept, our fourth one Dang. here, as we get to the very first ever. TLC tables, ladders, and chairs pay per view, mm. and. We've seen The Undertaker innovate some stipulation matches over these yeah. 20 years, man. We've seen him bring out the casket match. We saw him bring out the Inferno match. We saw him in the first ever Hell in a Cell match. Saw him in the Punjabi prison match. And now, next week, Undertaker's going to take on Batista in the first ever Cheers match. Mm. <laughs> yes, signature classic. Woo! Uh, Will yeah, we add it to the list with those other matches, or is it going to go down with the uh, the final curtain and the uh, rest in peace match and the last ride match, other matches like that? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes as we close out 2010 or uh, 2009. Uh, finish up 2009 yeah. before we start up 2010 on next week's show. But before that, we want to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this match. Was it just kind of blah? for you or did you enjoy it more you know all that good stuff hit us up on twitter facebook instagram all the socials you know we are at talking taker on there uh we haven't actually recorded in a couple weeks we recorded last week's episode early so i have a bunch of stuff i'm going to try to get through real quickly travis because i know you got to get up and go to work in the morning so uh, i'm gonna try to run through these Real quick, but Watch Along Wrestling, uh, Tommy, he was not at this show, but he was at the MSG Raw uh, that we talked about here. Uh, he says, Taker got the full Druid interest, entrance, left everyone laying, and the show was so good, it made up for me having to buy two sets of tickets because the first set I bought was fake. Oh, so, no. <laughs> got scalped. Oh, no. Tommy. Uh, he said it was awful. My buddy's girlfriend bought them, and I immediately knew they were fake, but I tried them anyway. So my ticket scanned, and a big red X came up on the scanner, and I was surrounded by like 12 dudes in suits and escorted out of the garden. Dang. <laughs> what a memory, man. That's legit. <laughs> Poor Tommy, but uh, at least he got in the door and got to see that awesome yeah. entrance. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to see Santino. <laughs> got to see that <laughs> yeah let us know what you thought what, if you're dying laughing at that um, Mike Prue our buddy over at the bottom line wrestling podcast you know they're going through the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin they're right at Wrestlemania X7 against The Rock so I've been listening to those episodes uh, man it's just some awesome awesome promos during that time and uh, one of the best Stone Cold matches and moments of his career at Wrestlemania he pointed out something from our Bragging Rights episode. You know, we were trying to figure out why they would have this Bragging Rights match that's basically the same thing as Survivor Series a few weeks before. And he said it was basically all just to advertise and sell the SmackDown vs. Raw video game, which came out the same week as the Bragging Rights pay-per-view. So they do plug that all the True time that, on yeah. these shows. So that 
uh, makes a little bit more sense. In fact, I think Kyle Busch's car was SmackDown versus, yes. or one of those guys in NASCARs was SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, or one was SmackDown, one was Raw, or something. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> the heel, heel Kyle Busch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I ran a poll for uh, you guys' favorite Undertaker, <laughs> a favorite Undertaker fatal four-way match. Since uh, mm. we talked about that fatal four-way bragging rights last week, uh, the final four, 1997, blew out the competition. There yes, was 58% of the vote, beating up that bragging rights match and. Uh, Unforgiven 2000 with Undertaker, Rock, Kane, and Benoit, and then Armageddon 04 with Undertaker, Eddie, Booker, and JBL. So I think that's the right call, don't you? Absolutely, without question. That's the greatest Fatal Four Way of all time. I, I agree. Think. I agree. I really think it is the greatest of all time. So yeah, that's definitely the other. The other ones are like fifth place. They're not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't even. <laughs> Final four is first, second, third, and fourth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> first and four plays. The best. One um, for each guy in the match. Then we got some really nice compliments from uh, a couple of you uh, listeners out there. Matt Ritter, not Matt Riddle, Matt Ritter Ooh, uh, from this. Smacking It Raw podcast. Uh, how about that name? <laughs> How about it? He said, shout out to Talking Taker. Really enjoyed the last ride recap episodes. Uh, as a huge Undertaker fan, starting with that first episode and hearing what you thought and felt about Undertaker and then coming here and seeing in what regard you hold him now is fantastic. So really appreciate yeah. that. Got a lot of nice feedback from those last ride recap episodes. And then Drew Carfrey, I believe, uh, says, first time actually listening to your podcast. He's talking about the last ride episodes as well. Said, awesome job, guys. I am 21 years old and have been an Undertaker fan since I was a little kid. So, you know, he was just getting an Undertaker like, dang, like, oh, oh, five, <laughs> oh, six. Probably, yeah. Born in ministry. ministry days, yeah, yeah. So, probably just getting into him for. When he came back as a dead man, I bet. And yeah. Uh, he's only ever known that latter half of his career. Isn't that's, that wild? That's funny, man. Um, so Taker got me into wrestling at such a young age, and the final episode of Last Ride definitely almost made me cry, which means it made him cry, for sure. <laughs> it made me cry. I'll be, <laughs> yeah, happy. Made, be happy to cry. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I threw some... Uh, uh, I threw a question out to the listeners because, Travis, we are just a few weeks away from our three-year anniversary Ooh, yeah. of doing this podcast, man. We just had a 150th episode. Uh, we will hit our three-year anniversary uh, in August, which is crazy how the time has yeah, gone by. I know. So um, want to throw that out to the listeners. If you got any ideas for how we should celebrate, uh, do you have... An idea for a bonus show, something fun we could do uh, to celebrate. We are all ears. Um, I've got some ideas. Travis, you might have some ideas. But listeners, um, Philip Goad says maybe we could do a quiz show and try, try to stump each other on some Undertaker trivia. Uh, that could be something fun. Uh, and Princeton, a quiz show from Friends called? Oh, um, 
Yeah, what that is one. the name. See <laughs> <laughs> that. Well, they have the show where, where Ross does Bamboo the trivia one? contest. Uh, and then I'm there's the, that. I'm in the yeah. trivia contest. Yeah. The trivia contest. Bamboo. The Ross one. That's what, that's what I'm in. Anyway. Great episode. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite episode of the whole show. I can't remember which one it is. Anyway. And then uh, Princeton John, who picked up a Talking Taker shirt. We appreciate that. Thank you. He said something like a group chat watch along of a match. Maybe like a, you know, just inviting listeners who want to come on, do like a Zoom chat, Google chat, something like that. So, uh, you know, if you guys are, more of you want to do something like that, we could talk about that. Try to set something like that up. Might be fun. Uh, but we'll keep brainstorming we want to do something special for three-year anniversary and last but not least I'm gonna, i'll do this real quick ah. oh man i haven't I'm done it i have slowly i haven't talked about it uh in a while but i've been you know trying to build up my undertaker and undertaker opponents figure collection inspired by the major wrestling figure podcast and you know, dug up. I'm doing my part to help you out too. You did, yeah. We we <laughs> unboxed the Heidenreich and the Kennedy that you got me, the IRS uh, elite figure you got me, and uh, got a few others that I haven't mentioned here lately. I got a Jimmy Snuka Hasbro off eBay, and uh, just some other random stuff. I got the uh, Greg Valentine Rhythm and Blues. Yes, sir. Um, not the Hasbro, just the. Uh, Jack's classic one with the black hair because that's what he is in the Survivor Series match where he's against the Undertaker. But I got a couple nice adrenaline two packs uh, from probably 2005, I guess. 05? Yeah, 05. Uh, you know, I had to get Heidenreich, had to get Kennedy, and so you got to have the craptacular trifecta with <coughs> Luther Reigns. Yeah, his yeah. one and only figure. Uh, what a figure, <laughs> I guess. And it looks like the generic figures you get at like Dollar Tree. You it's are like right. Mr. Wrestling 3. Or yes, it looks like a bootleg. Yeah. But that's, mint on that's card, man. I tried to get you uh, for your birthday or Christmas, but it was like $6 million on eBay. So I'm glad you were able to get it for an affordable, worthy price. I think yourself, maybe Luther Reigns himself was trying to get it back at that time he, or something. He may have, <laughs> Drove yeah. the price up. Yeah. Roman's dad. Look at that. It's like a, just a random, <laughs> like, seriously. Like, that's when you're like, your grandma, like, knows you're in wrestling and she goes to Dollar Tree and she finds the fake wrestling. Uh, I got you this, honey. It's like, thanks, Granny. And thankfully, he came with a microphone so you could recreate yeah. that classic uh, Thanksgiving promo. Where he, yes. I like peas or whatever. <laughs> Said with the big yeah. show Somebody, Thanksgiving man, celebration, had his face slit across his <laughs> across his face. I he forgot does, his catchphrase, whatever it was. He does come with a nice Kurt Angle as well, oh, which yeah. I already had a Kurt Angle in there, but um, you know, this you is never a decent go wrong one with too. Too many Kurt Angles. I mean, you can't. This is more, I have an old school with hair, so this nah, is a there you go. bald one. So it's more like No Way 2006, Out, yeah. two thousand six, that classic match. Oh yeah. And Travis, I, I got another two-pack from that same series. Mm. Any guesses on who is in this two-pack? 2005? 2005. I will say it's someone we recently covered and then someone who is not a wrestler. Those are your two hints. Big Show and Paul Heyman? It's a good guess. 
No, it had to be 2009. Yeah, I don't know. That's all I can think of. Um, Charlie Haas and Jackie Gaeta? <laughs> I, I don't need them for the collection. <laughs> no, never fought on a Okay. I'm... Chomping at the bit? I'm, I can't wait to see who this is. First off, we got oh, Ray oh, Ray. Six one nine. He may have one less eyeball this coming weekend. Who <laughs> knows? If so, you got a buy lot of questions. One less eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to win the match is to remove your opponent's eyeball. Yeah, excuse Look at me? that ray. That's awesome. That's a nice ray. All in black. That's a nice ray. Six one nine. A lot of detail in the pants. The guy's tattoo yeah. on the back. Ooh, the guy's yeah. Mexican tattoo on the stomach. On his belly. Yeah. <laughs> That one's going to work in good. you got to have a Ray because we just covered that, and we'll be covering Ray again soon. But he is not why I bought the two-pack, Travis. He is who is he with? I'm trying to think who he's who with. For this one. Santino? i got to get his uh, accessory No, he said not, he said not a wrestler. Eric Escobar. <laughs> I would never. No, 2005. Oh, it doesn't oh, even go on. Who is that? Holla, holla, oh, holla. Word. <laughs> Play a salmon jacket. <laughs> From the oh Mark Henry collection. Got a Teddy dude. Long. Got to have a Teddy Long in the collection. That's the Mac Militant. That's amazing, dude. Why is glasses don't really go on. I have no idea. Why? But is he got glasses? He does have That's glasses. That's amazing. Oh, dude. I can't believe that. He's kinda, never worn that jacket. I love it. It's it looks a little a sexier long, than uh, just, Teddy Long. He's got kind of more fit and kind of like a good. Morris Chestnut or like something like that. Omar Epps, some kind of look <laughs> to him. Man. It's the best he's ever looked. Tyrese Gibson. Yes. Tyrese action. Yeah, and his jacket man. is not nearly long enough. So No, it needs to be down his knees, but that's awesome. It's the shape, right color. Man. It's a good color on him. It's a great color. So Foreshadowing to Mark Henry's retirement speech. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So we'll add those to the Taker collection. I just uh, I refurbished my old Hasbro ring to store some of these guys in. I'll throw some pictures up of the new four and uh, continue to try to update. I'm, I won't finish it. I probably, I'll probably never finish it, but uh, I won't finish it before we finish the podcast probably. But I'm going to try. I'm going to do what I can. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Teddy took this long to get a Teddy Long player. That's awesome. And I got uh, Cowboy Bob. Got his yes, as like old Cowboy Bob right. Orton Sr. Uh, from a Randy Orton two-pack. And the guy who sent it to me on eBay, his feedback said, enjoy, take her easy. So Ooh. I have no idea who it is. If you're out there listening and you mm. sent a Cowboy Bob, I don't know how you knew it was me or if maybe it's just a fan of the podcast and didn't Maybe he just it. like... Uh, investigated you like you know like but he had, creeped on you it had to be Facebook something because you wouldn't just huh? say that with a bob orton he had to know something about me yeah. is your like is your ebay name like no, this alex dorio he just googled you Mm-mm. oh i don't no. know man that's awesome take what? her easy fantastic shoo well i love that that's all i, I got that. man well that being said ladies and gentlemen that is my mind is blown. I can't believe we got Teddy Long collection <laughs> Had in the collection now. That's fantastic. He's hard to get. He's only I'm got sure a couple of figures. Nobody want to get get rid of that. It's a gym. <laughs> exactly. People are selling Luther Reigns left and right. They don't want to get rid of the Mac Millicent. <laughs> no He's way. So man. good. 
You should probably find a two-pack with him and Rodney Mack, I bet. Ooh. From like oh no, three. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, never mind. I'll say something about that, <laughs> that stable he had, but I'll leave it for another day. Anyway, if you were there at the M- Verizon Center, excuse me, uh, in Washington, D.C., and Survivor Series uh, 2009, let us know. Let's know if you're at the MSG show, just like our boy just told us, Tommy, and told us about his experience there. Um, let us know. But, yeah, if you were there for this, um, tell us what you thought about the, about the uh, you know, the, just the match itself. And um, if you heard, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. If you chastised the if you were the guy that said that, if you were that guy, <laughs> if you were the idiot that said Toronto, we want to hear from you. Yeah, but uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week as we close down shop on 2009 at the TLC pay-per-view. And uh, Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Sometimes you'll go away. You know, one thing, all the days in are booked up. You know, it's where he gets his robes from, the curtains at the days oh, really? in. Yeah, but it's not a problem because, you know what, he was great uh, with Hulk Hogan. In, in the I remember, yeah. Hulk Hogan, everybody you know.